This is Lady Parts. I'm Andrea Moraskan. Today, I'm speaking with two women who recently opened a holistic healing center in the community where I live, New Haven, Connecticut. The center is called One Village Healing, and it's a bit different from other holistic health spaces you may have been to. It runs on the values of something called healing justice. That means collective healing from injustice and systems of oppression. Lady Parts takes a wide view on women's health, and we're not going to focus on reproductive health for this episode. Rather, I invite you to think about how this approach to caring for ourselves can improve the health of women, people of color, people with disabilities, and other marginalized folks. Here's my interview with Hanifa Naya Washington and Tama Hayeda of One Village Healing. going to have you introduce yourselves the way you like to be introduced and then I might umpty. go in. Pronounced with an umpty. With an umpty? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You said something that made me think about another song. Um, it's like, please let me introduce myself. My, My name, name is Humpty. Pronounced with an umpty. I won't say the rest. Yes, I know. <laughs> well, this is about lady, lady parts. The Humpty dance is your chance. Do me, baby. Are you recording? Okay, great. We can use some of this. Hopefully, we won't get sued. <laughs> True. So, welcome to Lady Parts, Hanifa and Tama. Yes. Can you each mm-hmm. introduce yourselves the way you would like to be introduced? Maybe starting with Hanifa. Sure. Mm-hmm. My name is Hanifa Nye Washington, and I prefer she, her, her pronouns. Good morning. Good morning. Yes. And what do you do in the world? Um, I have came up with the title of a cultural activist um, using arts and culture for healing and for social change. It kind of encompasses all the things that I do. <laughs> Um, including music, including healing work, including organizing, um, including community building. So I'm Tama Hayida. I um, prefer she, her, hers pronouns. Uh, so I'm a healer and uh, and an activist. I I'm a Reiki master teacher, and Reiki is a form of energy work and healing work that de-stresses the body. So uh, I've been doing that for about uh, over five years now. I'm also a yoga teacher. And I also do intuitive readings and things of that nature. So there's a lot of things that are involved in my healing work. I love doing work with artists. I love supporting activists. I love supporting uh, people that really uh, enrich the lives of, of others. So we use different words to talk positively about the way we feel in our bodies and minds. Health is one that I use in this podcast. Wellness is another. You use the term healing, and I know that you just started a center called One Village Healing. So going really basic, what is healing? Hmm. Healing. I can talk about what, what healing what is for me because that's what started my um, my journey through this this concept of healing was um, having a, a physical imbalance or an illness in my body and wanting to find um, 
a way to create more balance in my body. So at the age of 20, I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. So um, which is, you know, normally people are born with that. So trying to figure out why this had happened to me and not really finding the answers in traditional medicine led me to this this journey of healing, which encompassed um, meditation, which encompassed um you know, uh, intuitive readings, encompass yoga. Um, so really it was like this journey to create balance and, and wholeness within. Mm. What's healing to you, Hanifa? Healing to me is, it's a process. It's individual and collective. And healing is something that requires intention and sacred space to be able to have community in that collective healing process. I think in this day and age um, with cell phones and technology, even though they were created to help us be more connected, they are actually disconnecting us in physical and intrinsic ways. And so um, to be able to be physically together with folks, be that being doing meditation together or doing energy healing together or singing together, to me, um, that's all healing. And I feel like I've been unpacking and healing from a lot of the unspoken um, and enforced uh, systems of oppression um, on my body and mind and spirit as, as a woman, as a black woman, um, as somebody who is free in spirit uh, in this society. So you brought us into healing justice. And I was wondering if either of you can talk a little bit about the lineage of healing justice that underlies the philosophy of the center that you started. Yeah, I think that healing justice is an awesome term and it represents a reality, particularly in communities of color and the black community, of roots level healing. So I'm not talking about in clinics. I'm not talking about in, in um, hospitals. You know, I'm talking about um, women circling in the evening after working all day and being like, what do you need? Okay, you're, you're, short, you're short on food or your baby needs, you know, to get medical care or and leaning on each other in times of need, putting hands on each other, singing together, because that is at the like at the root level of how folks can come together to be to keep their sanity, um, to build community, um, and to feel safe. And so, to me, that safeness is really at the root of healing justice and creating places where people feel safe. Um, the next level of that is like, yeah, people have had informal healing spaces throughout time, right? Since we were gathering around fires. And so it's getting back to that and acknowledging that we can all create those spaces and that it's not for expert for experts, right? This can happen in your kitchen. It can happen in your backyard. Um, and it's about tapping into our ancestral knowing and acknowledging the trauma and pain. And when we don't acknowledge the trauma and pain and the trauma associated with being oppressed, that's not healing justice. When we say, when we don't recognize white supremacy, when we don't talk about the patriarchy and why we're sick and tired 
and why we're showing some these new systems of disease. When we just say, oh, I'm just sick, I'm just tired, oh, I have a headache, oh, I can't sleep. But we're not getting to why in this in the society, that's not healing justice. So healing justice says these things are impacting your body, your mind, your spirit, your connection to yourself, to your to your neighbors, to your community. Let's let's name it and then figure out how can how can then can I hold you in this process? And what is it that you need to talk about? What what part of you like um, needs to be to be seen? Um, and then what modalities can best help move that energy through? Um, so healing justice is a is really central core to community, and it's about that collective healing process to then acknowledge and lift up what our individual hurts are. Mm. So Tama, you said that your healing work started with an individual illness with your type one diabetes. Yes. So for you, was the marriage of healing work and social justice work intuitive or was there a moment when it kind of clicked into place? So growing up, um, justice um, and activism was very integral part of my life. Um, I grew up with a, a father who's very prominent in the community and I grew up going to protests and like in the baby carriage, probably in the womb, going to <laughs> protests. So that was always something that was threaded throughout my life. So actually that was kind of the first aspect. And then the healing idea started, was kind of fused in because of my circumstances. Um, and also being very keen in noticing um, even as a child growing up, how uh, how the the idea of activism or the lifestyle of activism wears on people um, and seeing how people get burnt out, seeing how um, people get sick. And, um, you know, during the years I watched my father get sick um, a, a many, many times and just he was a young person like getting sick um, and not having any type of explanations on to why he would have stomach issues or things of that nature. So recognizing or kind of putting it all together once I was getting sick, like, oh, this is this is something here, like the stress of being, but also the stress of going out here and fighting um, day to day, always having a, having a fight is they're all interrelated. Uh, so, yeah, it was, it was a natural kind of progression of that. But definitely my healing crisis was a big part of me shifting the perspective around what what that looks like. So can you talk a little bit about the modalities that you practice um, and how they fit into a healing justice framework? Sure. Um, so for me, when I think about um, healing justice, like one thing I like to focus on is accessibility, right? So the idea that um, these modalities like Reiki, for example, or um, yoga, um, sometimes we get the the idea that these are only for certain people because you have to have a certain amount of money. They're not covered through insurance. Um, so if we say, oh, this is great for healing and people are like, but does insurance cover it? Then if it doesn't, then I, I, I don't I, it's not for me. Um, or I have to save and wait, you know. So for me, offering these modalities um, uh, for free or low cost is what uh, fits into the healing justice um, framework for me. Uh, and and through One Village, that's what uh, one of our 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 big things is offering this work 
regardless of what you have in your pocket, because that healing is for everybody. Healing is a birthright. So you shouldn't have to save up your coins for a year to be able to receive something that um, it's helpful and integral to your health. Mm-hmm. And especially by those mm-hmm. most impacted by systems of oppression. Exactly. Um, so, uh, you know, recently with the, the, the terrible shootings that have happened in Connecticut, particularly in New Haven, um, Stephanie Washington, um, the past two weeks in New Haven have been wild um, and amazing black women in the forefront who have been leading this work for years. Um, and I think now many people being awakened to what that actually looks like and means and the energy that goes into day after day, waking up, taking to the streets, organizing people and literally confronting um, white supremacy, the patriarchy, like in its tracks. And so a big part of what we're up to is about reaching out to those women in front. And if it was men in front to those men in front, but to the people in front of these local movements and contacting them individually, gently saying, hey, come see us. Come see us. We are here with you. And we need you to keep doing this work. And so our contribution is to support you. So come see us. Pay what you can. This is free. It's your time. Is there something about this time that like this is the that that makes it the right time to start a center like this that makes it the time to start doing this work that makes people feel open to it? Because I imagine that there's resistance or at, at some point, even from people within movements. So why are you spending your time lying down on a mat? You should be doing more important work. I feel like um, in in general, um, so you have this this blanket where people, I think, especially people of color, are being more cognizant of um, the impact of oppression and the the um, the idea of capitalism and how the wherewithal on your physical body. I think there's this um, awakening that is happening overall. Um, if if you tap into social media or um, any you know television, you see people talking about this. More people of color um, talking about wellness and healing as a whole. So I think with with that idea. Um, you know, I think that with that, the activists cannot turn their eye to that. And I think that they are um, able to kind of witness that and, and acknowledge that. And and it's spreading. It's like wildfire, you know, and I, I think that, you know, folks like Cara Page and, and um, like people who've been holding the Audrey Lord project, like this work has been happening for a long time, right? Almost well, since we were sitting at campfires, right, um, and we were land-based people, earth-based people, the need for healing is constant. And it's just like, well, what? but what are we healing from? And so that gets more and more complex over time. And I think that, you know, I would love to see, like, what was really, you know, what kind of places were springing up, you know, during the civil rights movement? Um, and then, like, what happened in the 80s, you know? <laughs> uh, and then there's sort of some reemergence around consciousness in the, in the late 90s. And, and so it is growing. And I think that the net of New Ageism, if you want to call it that, this Aquarian age, about, like, actually, um, my life matters, uh, my dreams matter, um, my energy matters, and, and I want to be conscious of who is coming in and out of my energy field. Like, that consciousness and, like, is being known more and more and so this so 
the millennials now, the people after, like people in middle school, like, middle schoolers are at a point where they're understanding what is healthcare, what healthcare, what is self-care, and what is wellness, and what is its impact. So it's becoming normal, which is really cool. And for us, there in New Haven, and, and I know that you have a, a sort of larger base, but there's something really cool that has happened in New Haven, something profound, uh, not just cool. Um, but work that's been happening for a long time around transformational change, both at individual and at collective level. I think we can, I think that's the difference, a huge difference around uh, healing justice is that it's not just about my individual, I'm going to feel good, I'm going to go do a sauna and float and do a yoga class, but it's about I'm in this with other people and I know that my wellness and well-being is wrapped up with this larger collective group. I love that. I mean, I've been doing yoga for years and you go into a group of people and most classes are asana or movement-based classes. You don't necess- you don't really talk to anyone. You don't necessarily get to know people in your class. It it does feel kind of individual. So I I think I really appreciate your emphasis on collective healing. Uh, so I read the article about the opening of One Village Healing in the New Haven Arts paper, and I know you both spoke about feeling unwelcome in holistic healing spaces in the past. Uh, Tema, have you had to work to heal from what was supposed to be healing? <laughs> Uh, short answer is yes. Uh, so I, uh, it's it's very interesting um, going, you know, starting this path, um, you know, about, you know, 15 years ago, um, finding myself in spaces, whether it was for a Reiki training yoga class or what have you, and being the only person of color, not just, you know, black person, but just the only person of color. And um, not even recognizing um, until now how I was like almost putting up a shield um, to be able to cope in that space. The same shield that I put up in any other space that I might go to and feel um, uh, uncomfortable as the, the only person of color. So uh, you're going into a healing space looking for healing and also you have your guard up. So sometimes that can be, or a lot of times that can be counterintuitive. Um, So, you know, having, you know, one village and this idea of one village and wanting people from this jump, when you walk in the door, you feel welcome. Because a lot of times, uh, a lot of people are not going to take those same, do the same things that I'm going to do. They're going to walk in, feel uncomfortable and walk right out and immediately think that's not for me just because of that one experience. So um, a a lot of my work um, in healing, my traumas around that has been offering um, a space so that people feel more comfortable. And, and that to me is, is healing, knowing that other people, um, don't have to put up those shields like I did. That in and of itself has been a lot of of um, breaking down my barriers for me, and 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 really um, creating this sense of of comfort and love within myself, knowing that I can I can hold this space, and and that other people can receive these things without um, feeling like you know, um, they're under attack or people are watching them, or um, people are looking at them like they don't belong in this space. 
Um, so it's interesting, these spaces that tend to be dominated by white people and white women in particular come from non-white lineages like yoga coming from India. Reiki comes from Japan. Japan is that right? Yes. Um, and something else that I think you brought up, Hanifa, is tapping into and we talked about ancestral trauma, but there's also ancestral and indigenous win- wisdom. And I'm wondering if that is something that you could talk to um, as black women. Are there roots that you're exploring as part of your healing practice? Hmm. (laughs) Um, I think for me, a lot of um, so using uh, the, the structure of, for example, Reiki or yoga, a lot of my um, tapping into my ancestral work is, is highly intuitive. So it's a lot of it is listening to my intuition and um, speaking with my ancestors, having uh, a modalities or um, sacred technology such as an altar um, and creating that gateway to um, have that full communication with with spirit is what um, I've been using to help me integrate those um, ancient technologies. Because of the un- unfortunately, right, so a lot of those things have been wiped out clearly. And I, through my search of um, trying to find uh, what was particular to me and my family and my generations, there's been a lot of sadness and disappointment. Uh, you know, my family's from Oklahoma and has um, native roots. And I have family still connected to those reservations that work with the Chickasaw tribes and wanting to contact them and say, hey, you know, like, are there any um, shaman? Are there any medicine men still alive that I can talk with or speak with to um, access this knowledge. And they're like, no, the last one died five years ago. And unfortunately, a lot of that information was word of mouth. And, you know, a lot of us were wiped out. So that information is not accessible anymore. So there's a lot of, you know, pain and disappointment that comes with that, but also a lot of joy because I I know through my spiritual practice that they're actually not gone and that I can access them spiritually. So that's how um, that that has been my main focus. And also there are, you know, other traditions around um, that I, you know, I research such as, you know, um, uh, a lot of the uh, Yoruba spiritualism and, um, you know, the New Orleans, uh, you know, voodoo, hoodoo, all of those things that, you know, people are still alive that have a, a lot of knowledge around and a lot of those are um, taken or um, have little pieces of, of African um, spiritualism woven within them. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that the um, for me, it's about having space to be quiet and still. And so the past two weeks um, at One Village, we have had uh, community meditations. Um, and these particular classes were are le- was led um, by Kwejo Adai, who's like an amazing muralist and artist here in New Haven, um, but also is a, is a deep practitioner of meditation. Um, and so he led these two meditations, just an hour. And so... You know, I sit and I pray at home every day at my altar. And there's something magical for me this past two weeks that have happened after I've sat in community, you know, led by this amazing black man um, in a group of, you know, diverse people. 
there's just like a different tingling um, that's emerging there. And I, and for me, being able to get still and quiet is where I feel like I connect to divinity, where I feel like I can connect to clearing um, and it activates healing within my system. Um, as somebody who's very busy uh, in this world, just to be able to stop and to be still and to be held in like this circle of love is super important. And that's not as a black woman. That's just as like, for me, I feel like all humans need that. Like my humanity needs that. And um, I think that the, 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 the hope and not the hope, but the process of also bringing together women of color and in particular black women into circles of healing with intention um, is real important for me as a black woman a black woman who navigates all types of spaces, um, you know, white spaces, male spaces, um, all the different spaces. Um, I'm really beginning to understand the importance for me as a black woman to be in healing circles with other black women um, and creating space for that without being apologetic or with fear of making white people feel uncomfortable. Um, so why um, why just black women and and not men in in particular? Not that you're you know excluding people, but in mm -hmm. particular spaces like this workshop that's been scheduled. Yes. Why be that specific? Well, what's cool about One Village is that we are literally the tagline is you know healing community for everyone, and in that we feel like we must understand that different groups of people require. Uh, different needs uh, to discuss um, and begin the healing process or practice healing um, from certain oppression. And so um, with this particular workshop coming up, uh, which is called the Sankofa Path, um, it is literally uh, a group uh, or two amazing people, Irva Baden and Isha Bella, um, they're coming together to lead a very... Uh, mindful, spiritual um, healing process is a three-day intensive around the impacts of trauma associated with slavery in America. Um, and they're both women. They both identify as women. And they found, um, they just said to us, we think it's important that this workshop be for women because that's the experience that we can speak to um, and that we don't feel like we can and or want to speak to what the male experience has been like. Um, so this particular workshop will be for women. And there are future workshops that we have coming that will just be for men. We have workshops that are coming on a weekly basis that um, it's called RISE. And it's, so it stands for Restoring Integral Spirit Energy. And so that will be split um, into uh, people who identify as white and then people who are black, indigenous, or people of color. Uh, and it's really about restoring from the impacts of, of systems of oppression there's yoga, there's guided meditation, and then there's small group work. Um, and uh, each session has like a kind of particular question um, or theme of, uh, of the day. And so we understand if we're really going to talk about healing community for everyone, we must talk about our differences and the different needs we have for the healing that we're trying to do. So like I mentioned before, in in a lot of these holistic healing spaces in North America, at least white women are the dominant group. 
do you have any like advice, like a PSA to sort of maybe, <laughs> is there, you know, I'm sure that there's uh, implicit bias that people may not be aware of um, when a person of color comes into a space. Based on your experience, is there anything you want to say to the, the white ladies out there? Uh, I, I would say that um, I, what I found through my experience is that I would offer them to look at the idea of collective healing and what does that look like. And co with collective meaning like not just you and your friends, but as a whole, like is the work that you're doing, could it apply to everybody? And if you don't know, ask um, before you assume. Um, I think, um, but my experience is, especially with this um, idea of new ageism, there's a lot of focus on the individual. Uh, and within that, there could be a lot of uh, blame placed on other people because of their circumstances without looking at the structures of society and history. Totally um, pushing those aside to say, oh, well, you're responsible for where you are um, in, in your life because you didn't dream into, you know, or mm. you didn't do the right affirmations right. or yeah, um, you didn't ask and it, so it wasn't given, you know. So <laughs> um, this, you know, very, you know, uh, spiritual high uh, concept. So I feel like a lot of times there's a lot of focus in the ethereal without really truly being grounded and without really truly looking around at your brothers and sisters, I would say, that maybe don't look like you and might have a different experience. Mm -hmm. So I just, uh, I feel like I the invitation would be to shift your gaze a bit and ask more questions. Um, and, and, you know, if you think that you want to do something to make it more inclusive, ask more questions. Don't assume that this is, you know, this is what you need because I see your need. And before you, you ask, you know, I think that's, that's a huge thing. Have the conversations, do your research. Um, and yes. Remain mindful of that white saviorism. Yes. Like, yes. Mm-hmm. Don't say, oh, I, we are giving this to you. We are offering this thing like from on high. But actually invite people to stand next to you in your places to do the work also. Because there's, there's a humbleness that folks need to realize. Like you actually don't have intellectual and ancestral access to things than other people. Like there's amazing wisdom and, and intellect and a ancestral things that you're bringing, but they're not going to be the same as a black woman or a Latinx, you know, man. Um, so ask those folks to come stand next to you as a white woman in your place of healing. Invite them to be in the front of the room as well. Awesome. So as a closing, I, and I, Wish I brought this up more recently. I know I mentioned it to you when I first asked you, Hanifa, but could you share a, a practice with uh, with our listeners? Yeah, so I would, um, I always say this uh, often in workshops and um, <laughs> beginning or ending classes that, that breath, you know, is free and uh, it's, it's the thing that keeps us alive <laughs> um, and gives us power empowers our dreams and hopes and so there's a really simple um just a breathing exercise the four seven eight breath um i didn't create this um but it's a practice that i use daily um and that i invite people to use when they start to feel that 
stress creep in, like when your shoulders start to creep up to your ears or you get hot because someone just cut you off in traffic or um, um, you have anxiety because you really need something, you don't have it, uh, or you're feeling panicked, um, having trouble going to sleep. This is a this is an amazing technique just to come back into your body and just to relax. And it also releases these feel-good endorphins um, into your into your system when we when we take deep deep breaths. So the four seven eight breath is um, breathing in through the nose for four seconds or for four counts, holding that breath for seven counts, and then exhaling for eight counts through the mouth. So we breathe in through the, through the nose for four, hold for seven, breathe out of the mouth for eight counts. And this is a wonderful technique to do um, with your children, with your partner, before you start a meeting, um, before you start an action, you know, after maybe you just experience a microaggression. It's a wonderful technique um, to bring us back into our bodies and to connect with our with our mind and spirit. And so I invite you, if you're sitting, to get to a comfortable place, both feet on the floor, and relax your shoulders. And just notice your regular breathing. And exhale. Breathe in through the nose for four. Hold for seven. Exhale out of the mouth for eight. And at your own pace, let's do two more. Breathing in through the nose for four. Holding for seven. And exhaling out of the mouth for eight. And last one. Connecting to that air. Breathing in for four. Holding for seven. Exhaling out of the mouth for eight. So there's a, I'm not going to sing it, but there's a mantra that I wrote called Sweet Revolution. And the words are, in one revolution around the sun, in one revolution around the sun, in this revolution around the sun, breathe in, breathe out, speak truth. And so when we connect to our breath, we must know that that is the place where it all begins. That's where we draw strength. That's where we draw presence and connectivity. And we must use that breath to bring truth into this world. Thank you so much, Hanifa Naya Washington and Tama Haida. I feel healed.
<laughs> just by your presence. Thank you so much for having yes, us. Thank you. This was wonderful. In one revolution around the sun. In one revolution around the sun. In this revolution around the sun. You can learn more about One Village Healing at onevillagehealing.org or on Facebook and Instagram at One Village Healing. This song, Sweet Revolution, is on Hanifa's album, Mantras for the Revolution. You can find it on her website, handsofhanifa.com, or on iTunes or Spotify. To learn more about healing justice, you can also check out the Healing Justice podcast wherever you're listening to this podcast. Lady Parts is produced by me, Andrea Moraskin, in partnership with Baobab Tree Studios in New Haven. Production help this week from Brendan Linehan. The Lady Parts logo is by Jamie Squire, and our theme song is by Adam Ragusia. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>